Good morning, Real Life family. My name is Ryan. I am the Kids and Youth Director here at Real Life in Montrose. And today I have a message for you that is a little bit different than you might expect. You can see the title right behind me in big letters here. And maybe you thought that you would never hear somebody from the pulpit tell you this before, but I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to make an argument as to why this is true. Today, I'm going to tell you to stop going to church. Now that's, that's a weird thing to hear somebody say, somebody in the ministry, somebody who works at a church full time. And I spend a lot of time doing what I can to, to bless the people of this church, for God uh, to, to have God move through me so that people in this church can be blessed. And, and now I'm standing here and telling you to stop going to church. And, and I mean that. I want you to stop going to church. Okay, 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 this takes a little of explanation here. Maybe I, I, I've played with words a little bit. Um, I, I, I feel the need to explain myself because I don't, uh, I don't want to lose my job. You see, I, I, I like working here, so I'm going to give you a better explanation. I, I, I mean, stop going to church. Stop going to church. Stop just going to church. Maybe I should add that word just in there. Stop just going to church. You see, I still want you to come here. I still want you to walk into these doors. But the thing is, there's so many of us now, especially after this pandemic, after everything that's going on in this world, those of us who are working hard, struggling to get by, this pandemic has left a lot of us feeling dry and empty and tired and exhausted in the debates going on in the world today and these issues that we're having. Let me tell you, friends, it is tough. It's difficult. We watch the news. We turn on Fox or CNN or MSNBC or whatever flavor of political show you watch. And we see what's going on in Ukraine with Russia and the struggles people are having. And we are just exhausted. We're brought down. We're scared. And maybe it's not just the, the, the things going on in the world that are getting to you, but your own life. You go to a job every day that you don't enjoy. You deal with people that don't treat you like you're human. You go home and your marriage is in shambles. Or you go home and you don't know how you're going to pay the bills. Your children, they're struggling. Your family, it's struggling. You're hurting. You've gone through pain and abuse and trauma, and you don't know how to deal with it. Today, I want to talk to you about why we need to stop going to church and start becoming the church. To be involved with our church in a different way, in a different level. Because let me tell you, the church, friends, is not just this building that I'm standing in today or any building here in Montrose or anywhere else in the world for that matter. The church is you. You are the church. So today I want to talk to you about becoming the church and getting more involved in your church. Because I still want you in these doors, but something's got to change. Something has to change. We're exhausted. We're struggling. And, and when Sunday morning rolls around, you don't want to get out of bed. 
or you have a job that doesn't allow you to come on Sunday mornings. And for all of my uh, youth friends who come to youth group on Sunday nights, awesome. But those of you who have not been coming, and, and I, I, I get it. It's hard because I'm going through a lot of the same things a lot of you guys have been going through. But there is a fundamental difference in what God has been doing in some of our lives that are here every Sunday and some of us who are really learning what it means to actually become the church instead of going to church. So I, I, I want to support my argument here a little bit because some of you are just thinking I'm trying to get people in these seats that are behind me or fill my kids ministry or youth ministry, but that's not at all what I'm doing because I don't want you just coming here and, 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 and sitting down and listening to us talk. I want you to be involved and not because we need help. I'm not, I'm not crying out asking for your help today, but I'm crying out saying, I have an answer for you. I have a solution for you. For those problems I just talked about moments ago, I have an answer for you. Something that will give you life. Something that will give you freedom. Something that will give you hope. Something that will give you a purpose. And that's what it's about today. So, I want to read uh, uh, about something that, that happened in Matthew. Jesus went out to this boat and many people gathered on the shore and he stood in this boat so the people could hear him as he spoke to them and he began telling parables. And this is one of my favorite parables. Jesus talked about a, a farmer who went to sow his seeds and as he was scattering his seeds, some fell along a path and uh, uh, and some birds came up and ate it. Some fell in some rocky places where there wasn't a lot of soil. Um, it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. And the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Remember that they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced crop. A hundred 60 or 30 times what had been sown. Whoever has ears, Jesus said after this, let them hear. Now, now what does this mean? And you might be confused saying, Ryan, what are you talking about? Why are you talking about seed being thrown in crop? Why is Jesus talking about this? Well, you're not alone. The disciples heard this and they were like, what's this guy talking about? These were his disciples, his students. They were with him every day and they were a little confused as well. So they said, why do you speak in parables? Why, why, do, you, why do you talk like this? And Jesus went on and talked a little bit about uh, some prophecy and how people hear and don't believe or not understand. But I want to pick back up in verse 18 here from Matthew 13, verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. This is the seed along the path. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word 
But the worries of this life and the deceitness, deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what is sown. So do you want some of that good soil? Jesus says right here, we need to be rooted in good soil. So what does that mean? See, a lot of you, you come to church when you can, when you feel like it. Some of you don't, and some of you do come to church every Sunday, and you hear the word, and you uh, uh, receive it with joy, just like it says here in Matthew. But you're just coming to church. You're just going to church. But you aren't yet planted. Psalm 92 Verses 12 through 15, and today I want you, if you have your Bible in your hand, if you have the Bible app pulled up on your phone, I want you to please highlight this scripture. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of God. Let me read verse 13 again. Planted in the house of the Lord... They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay green and fresh, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. Whew, that is good stuff right there, my friends. Because they are planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of God. Man, some of us, we feel like we're in a desert. We feel so dry. We feel thirsty. We feel parched. We feel like there is no area in our life that has been blessed. And we ask, God, why? God, why? God, why? Well, maybe it's because you're not planted in the house of the Lord. You're coming here. You're showing up. You're watching the videos. But what else can you be doing because when you begin to plant yourself, get yourself rooted here, get involved, start blessing others because of the blessings God will start to give you. When you become the church inside this building and outside this building, man, it changes everything. Your life begins to bear fruit, even in old age. It's evergreen, just like the cedar tree is. You will always bear fruit. So today I want to talk about what a plant needs. And I want you to apply what a plant needs to your own life. So let's get started. So the first thing we need to do is get planted. But what's one of the first things you think of when you when you plant a plant, maybe you have a house plant, maybe you have a, a garden, maybe you have a green thumb. I don't, I, I, I went to Kroger a few weeks ago and I thought I'm always buying herbs because I love to cook. I'm always buying herbs. So I bought one of those little herb plants. This was like three weeks ago. It's dead. I probably should have watered it. And that's the first thing we need to do. We need to be watered. Now, I don't have a bottle of water here, but maybe you're sitting there at home with a bottle of water in your hand or a cup of water, or maybe your coffee, because it's probably pretty early in the morning for you right now. 
but I'm not talking about staying hydrated because that's important. We all need water. Plants need water. We need water. We know this elementary school stuff. But I, I want to talk about a time when Jesus was heading into uh, um, a city. And uh, this was the city of Damascus. And he went up and sat at a well. He sent his disciples ahead to, um, to prepare some things. And when he was at this well, there was a lady. And this lady was there in the middle of the day at this well that was far from the city. She was by herself now. Um, some people say that this lady was maybe a little bit of an outcast. That's why she was out in the middle of the day. And this lady, she, um, Jesus spoke to her. And, and, and we know from Jewish tradition back then that he, um, this was an unusual thing for him to be speaking to a woman because there was a lot of laws against some rules against speaking to women. And that's the difference between the religion and the relationship that Jesus has created. Now, Jesus spoke to her anyways, and he asked her to bring him some water, to draw some water up. And she said, I, but no, um, I can't do this. Why are you speaking to me? And he kept asking to share some water with her. And um, she kept fighting against it, and he responded, saying, if only you knew who you were speaking to. If only you knew who it was. I, you would never thirst again. I will give you water. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal Life. That's John 14. I'm sorry, that's John 4 14. Jesus is the living water, and whoever drinks of him will never thirst again. As a matter of fact, you will have the living water. You will have life welling up from you. You will become a well yourself of eternal life. We talked about how you feel dry, you feel empty. Well, guess what? Get yourself planted in Him and what He has to offer. And you will never thirst again. Now, what else does a plant need? Well, they, they need to get warm. They need light and they need heat. We already know that Jesus is light, but they need heat. Plants don't survive very well uh, out in the middle of a tundra. We just spoke about a desert, but you go to Antarctica, you don't see very many plants around. Actually, you don't see any. And we know we're, we're just coming out of the, the winter here. And my friends, we are uh, about to get some single digit temperatures this weekend. Listen, I, I'm not very good in the cold. I do not like the cold. I am a wimp. I wear a cardigan, a long sleeve jacket, and, and, and a, a, um, a long sleeve shirt and a jacket and a blanket in the office every day. I get cold so easily. I don't like it. I don't do very good. Plants don't do very good either. We see the leaves fall in the fall time and then the trees, they're just barely holding on. They're not producing or bearing fruit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit and that's what we're about to get to. So we need warmth. Where do we get that warmth? And this is the part, you guys, I'm warning you. You guys know this about me by now. This is the part where I'm going to start getting a little bit excited because we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Whoo, I love it. 
You see, Jesus went to get baptized and John the Baptist was there and he was baptizing people and, and some, some people asked him, why are you baptizing if you are not the Messiah? And he says, hey, I baptize with water, but the one who comes before me, he baptizes with fire. And the New Testament talks about over and over again how you need to be baptized with the fire of the Holy Spirit. It burns away everything else. It burns away our sin. It burns away our troubles and it replaces it. And we then, when we have the Holy Spirit, we have that heat, that fire from the Holy Spirit. Some incredible things begin to happen. Instead of having pain, instead of having depression, instead of having anxiety and worry, instead of being uh, unfruitful, instead of uh, uh, struggling in our, our marriages and our families and our finances, we begin to bear fruit. We become prosperous because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And something unique happens. We see this in nature. Sometimes a fire comes and it burns away a forest, but that forest comes back with new life. And it comes back with fertile soil. And those plants, they take root and they begin drawing the water. And when you have the Holy Spirit in you, He burns away all the dead things and life begins to grow again inside you and you begin to bear fruit and you begin to draw upon that pure, clean water, that eternal, life-giving water that is Jesus Christ. And you begin to grow again and that brings me to the next thing. All plants, they bear fruit. Now, maybe it's not fruit that you eat, but they bear fruit. They spread, they see, they begin to grow. We need to be producing fruit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Let me tell you, you get this. You start drawing that water. You start producing that fire. And you will bear fruit. Your marriages will begin to get better. Your finances will get better. Your relationships will get better. And let me tell you, some of the situations, you've heard me say this many times, that you're going through, they won't change, but you change. And when you change, and when you become the church, and you quit just coming to this building, but you become involved, well, you need to be here in these doors. You need to be sitting in these seats and hearing what we're teaching so that you can have the, the tools you need but then you need to start bearing your fruit. And the fruit isn't just for you to sit there and feast upon all by yourself, but you're, you have an eternal source of water. You, you have everything you need to grow. Are you gonna let that fruit drop to the ground and rot? Or are you gonna begin to share it? Are you going to get involved? Are you going to start ushering or start getting involved in kids' ministry or youth ministry? Are you going to greet people at the door as, as part of our greeting team? When you go out, are you going to live your life in such a way that people know there's something different? The way you treat the cashier at the store, the, the places you choose to go, are you going to leave the bar scene and start living a life that is fruitful and sharing the love of Jesus with others? Are you going to do these things in and outside of this building because you need to stop just coming to church, but you need to become the church. And that part of that is coming here and getting involved in what we have going on. I'm telling you, 
You speak to anybody who's become more involved here at any church that they're at, and their life changes. Everything changes for them. So where can you start? Because you're tired of feeling stuck. You're tired of feeling like you're in a rut. You're not sure what to do uh, next. You're tired of feeling sad and hurt, addicted, angry, depressed. Well, you need to start with giving your life to Jesus. For those of you who may be watching, I want to share this story with you. And I tell this story every single time I speak. And I speak every Sunday in front of your children and in front of your teens. And I have to tell this story every time. There's a man named Jesus. We've heard his name. But he was a lot different than maybe you've seen in media or heard from a church that's uh, shoving religion down your throat. Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus was God. And he came to this earth and he lived this perfect life. And I've been reading through the Old Testament. And there are so many laws in place. And these laws are what you needed to have the type of life I'm talking about and to get to heaven. There's a lot of them. And it's nearly impossible to, to fulfill all of these laws. It is impossible to fulfill all of these laws. And so Jesus came and he did it. He never sinned. He never uh, uh, broke any of these laws. And the, the punishment we were supposed to get from this, death, an eternity in hell, an eternity without Jesus, an eternity without God. Jesus came, he lived the perfect life, loving and, and blessing wherever he went. And he allowed himself to be arrested and nailed to a cross, tortured, and he gave up his life. He paid that debt for us. He took our sin and our shame and our hurt, and he took it. Now he raised again three days later, which is incredible. He defeated death for you. So that's where you need to start. You need to be saved. He's already forgiven your sin, so you don't need to tell me, hey, Ryan, I, I, you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand who I am, what I've been through. Jesus has already taken care of it. He knew about it before he made that sacrifice. As a matter of fact, that's why he sacrificed himself. That's why he allowed this to happen. That's why he gave up his life is because he knew what you've been through, what you've done, and who you are, and he knew you needed a savior. You needed to be saved. You needed a way out. So he gave himself for you. So today, if you're sitting in your home or wherever you may be watching this, I just want you to pray. If you have not done this before, I just want you to pray, God, forgive me. I believe in you. I believe you're the son of God. Save me and I will live for you. 
And if you've already done that or you just have done that with me just now, then I want you to receive the fire of the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because when you have the Holy Spirit, you get these fruit, but you get much more. You get the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, things like prophecy and healing and words of wisdom, those things you can start building up others like I talked about a moment ago. You can share your fruit and share your gifts and build up others. It changes your life. It changes everything. Let me tell you, friends, I took this seriously for the first time uh, uh, in these last few years. And, oh man, it has changed my life. I want that for you, too. So you need that fire of the Holy Spirit. But let me give you some practical things that you can do. You can start by coming to a membership luncheon we have on March 20th after church back in the warehouse where we usually have kids' church. I'd like to see you at that if you're not a member of our church. That's where the journey starts. You'll learn a little bit about our church and who we are and what we believe. But from there, we're going to have two other courses you can go through. And those courses, uh, the next one is going to teach you and talk about, we're going to take this quiz and everything, where you can serve in a place that you can be involved here in church that has to do with your talents and your giftings. And, uh, and you'll have an opportunity, though, at this next meeting to become a member of our church and not just come to church, but get involved, become part of our church and become the church yourself as well, going out and sharing others. We're going to equip you because that's what we need. We need to become the church. So I'd love to see you at that meeting. And friends, let me tell you one more time, stop going to church. Get planted in the church. Planted in his house and flourish.